0: Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. So, my name is Phil and I'm a mixing and bassing engineer and I run Vortis Sound Studios and I co-host this podcast alongside...
1: Hello, my name is Joe and I'm a producer and mix engineer.
0: How have you been, Joe?
1: I've been alright, mate. I've been alright. Survived the great uh, toilet roll um, skirmish of 2020. Have you got... Are you stocked up... Well, the thing is, I don't know why it might be something to do with the area. We haven't experienced it. I see all these oh. pictures of it around the UK. I went round to Tesco earlier and it's just business as usual.
0: I'm uh, Luckily, we are well stocked, so I've not had to think about it. <laughs> there's Your a thought for you at home. Um, uh, for anyone who is not aware, by the way, um, in the UK, there's been this mad dash for very specifically lots of toilet roll in case you end up quarantined at home um it's very inexplicable (laughs) but there we are it's the fact
1: that people are buying industrial amounts of toilet roll
0: yeah like by the box that it arrives at the supermarket in yeah enough
1: yeah enough to kind of like keep a weather spoons going for a month that's That's kind of the the level of toilet paper that they're going for serious amount it's incredible (laughs) what are we talking about today mate
0: this week, we are talking about mixing engineers. Woo-hoo! What does a mixing engineer
1: do? That is a good question that I was going to fire at you.
0: <laughs> oh, shall I shall I give you my sort of five-year-old answer? Go on then. Is that the right phrase, five-year-old answer? Answer that could a five-year-old would understand. I've got lots of friends who aren't involved anyway in music, and they go, what, what do you do? And I have to kind of really simplify it without talking about doors and all that kind of stuff. So my kind of simple answer is I take um, recording tracks, which could be anything from one to, I don't know, hundred plus tracks and make them work together in a stereo single file that brings out the best in the song. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, that is what it is. There's much more to it than that, but in a kind of very basic level, that's what mixing is.
1: A comparison I've used before for people who don't know anything about mixing or recording is that if recording is taking a picture itself using a camera then mixing is photoshop and kind of doing all your editing posts taking the picture is like a good mm. yeah it's a it's a good what's the phrase i'm looking for segue not segue similarly comparison comparison we got there in the end <laughs> it's been a long day okay so obviously being a mix engineer myself i know this but i today i'm going to act as uh, a member of our audience who may not know what a mix engineer does
0: Joe Public or Joe Bloggs.
1: Joe Blogs, yeah. Joe, Joe. I've never heard that before, honestly. Hey. Anyway, um, so Phil, what should I expect
0: from my mix engineer? So are we saying that you are someone in a band and you're, yes. you're wondering what a mix engineer can do for you? Sure. <laughs> so you can expect, well, I'd start off by saying it depends on the mix engineer exactly what you're going to get at the end of it. <laughs> Let me just start with that. But you can expect to hand them if you'll say if you're doing just one song to make it nice and simple to start with, you hand them your multi tracks from your recording session, be that at a home studio or in a recording studio, and you will get back a mixed song. That will, that will have, hopefully, um, all the kind of exciting bits, uh, uh, putting it very basically, all the exciting bits and all the kind of focus points of the song are in the forefront. And then um, the mix engineer has thought about what needs to be kind of f- featured in the song and then what needs to be pulled back and made a kind of part of the background of the song. And it's, it's those kinds of decisions that you can expect a mix engineer for, to do.
1: Okay, so I'm going to pull myself somewhat out of Joe Blocks now. I think it'd be quite cool to see the comparison between us and our differences. Because like you say, every mix engineer is different. So what would be your typical process from start to finish with a band?
0: So a lot of bands will reach out to me via Instagram, um, also by my website. But Instagram is sort of my big... Uh, way that people speak to me and then we have a chat about what the band wants and what the band is hoping for um maybe that some of their influences things like that how many songs they want to do all that kind of thing um and we work out essentially in conversation if initially i'm the right person for them so if they come to me and say we are a jazz indie band i might be like i I don't think i'm the right person Um, but if they come to me and say we are a hard rock band then i'll be like yeah sure uh the next thing i will do usually not always but usually is offer a free test mix so we'll work out if i'm the right person to to work on their music or not and sometimes i am and sometimes i'm not and that's absolutely fine i think a good mix engineer will be able to sort of accept a no for want of a better phrase um, and work out if they're the right person or not
1: so what are some of the things you don't do then
0: so Heavy editing um, is something that currently I don't offer. So if a band sent some tracks to me and the drums were like seriously out of time, then I would not offer that as part of my service. So I'd suggest that they go to maybe someone who edits or if they got a recording engineer to work with them, then that person might be able to do that for them. Um, that's probably the major thing that I don't offer. Um, but there's lots of things that I do offer. So the, I do I do reamping if they require it or if the song needs it. It's often about what the song needs rather than what I think I want to do. Um and uh, I will offer uh, things like drum sampling if the song needs it again. Um it's again it's not something I prefer to do. Um I prefer to use real drums, but if it kind of needs it then I'm going to do it. Uh and things things like that. So it's I guess it's more about what I do often than I don't offer. But it's about being clear where the uh, boundaries of what I do are. So Joe, asking the mm-hmm. question back at you uh someone comes to you what happens so typically
1: uh like phil's mentioned earlier it can be through a variety of ways so it, people can reach out to me on like instagram which is j.a.sage or facebook which is uh, at nevis audio or email which is joe at Nevisaudio.com. get you with your links breathe <laughs> i know <laughs> smooth today um and then typically what i like to do is i either like to book a call with them so we'll book a time where both of us works it can be like a skype if it's international or even better if they're local to me then i like to go for a coffee with them i went for a uh coffee on saturday with a liverpool band called the marigolds quick shout out to them they're really really nice guys just yeah
0: (laughs) just the loveliest
1: they're just they're just lovely it's just really nice it's fun to hang out with with cool musicians anyway Then, similar to Phil, we have a chat about the band's goals, where they want to be in the next year, and how I can help them get there is a massive thing. So, whether that be mix engineering or for me, because I do producing and mixing as well, but we'll stick to kind of the mixing analogy as well. What they should expect from me, what they should expect Mm. from the process, and any questions that they have. Typically, then, if it's a just a mix project, I will do a free test mix. So that basically allows them to kind of have a try before you buy, see if we're a good fit, similar to what Phil was saying. And then kind of go from there. It's similar while I'll offer a proposal. I'll kind of go, well, I think we can work in these areas to achieve the thing you mentioned on the phone. And then move on from there until, you know, you've got a kick-ass mix and you're ready to dominate the music scene. Boom. Boom.
0: Um, I think, the important thing that both Joe and I have actually brought out in what we say um is it's important to have that conversation before you hire a mixing engineer because it may be that you're not the right fit and part of mine my job and part of Joe's job in that is to work out if you're a good fit or not i wouldn't if a band really wasn't right to work with me um for want of a better phrase um then i I wouldn't hesitate in saying i don't think i'm the best fit for you have you thought about working with me blah person <laughs> Joe, or vice versa um and i think that's that's important you know is you, you've got to make sure you're the right fit for the band and the band is the right fit to work
1: with you yeah couldn't agree more so here's a question that i get asked quite a bit and i'm gonna kind of fire that back at you so say again, I'm in a band and maybe we, we record ourselves. Um, so I'm going to ask, why can't I mix my own records?
0: Ooh. Two things that I would, I would bring forward two things that I'd say. So number one is objectivity um, is the the first thing that I bring forward. So, if you have written the song and you have sat there and rehearsed it and you've recorded it and now you're thinking about mixing it, you've heard this song so many times that it has ingrained itself in your head. And what you don't get is a fresh perspective. Um, so you've heard, you know, this guitar part happens here. This, I don't know, keys part happens here. And you sort of have a natural balance in your head for how it should sound. Now, a mixing engineer can listen to the track for the very first time, have all the faders up, and then go, that's interesting. I, You know, I think this part should be a little bit further down. This part should be foregrounded. I think even in some situations, this part should be muted. It's a, it's not helping the song. Um, and it's that objectivity that is really helpful. It's that outsider ear to the band. Um, but the other thing is the uh, mixing engineer's ears <laughs> so the, the phrase that i heard about hiring a mix engineer once which i really liked was you're paying for their ear not their gear so mm. whoever you're working with as mixing engineer um they hopefully have lots of experience and they know what they're doing in certain genres usually um and they will have a good idea for what frequencies are going to work what is going to damage the song what's going to help the song um various i don't know plugins to use and various settings to use which they've kind of got there by a process of experience and trial and error um, which is something that just takes a long time so is is really helpful to bring into your project
1: so a good example that i like to use when i'm talking to bands about this is it's kind of the same as hiring a tradesman so with a lot of trades whether that be you know fitting a kitchen fitting a bathroom or doing like exterior work to your house or whatever in theory yes you can do it yourself and a very either small percentage of people will be qualified enough to do it aka mix engineers who also are in their own band or through absolute sheer luck you will be able to get away with it and i think it's that risk of do you want to put all your time and effort? You know, you could have spent years writing the song. It could have loads of um meaning just beyond the recording. It could be something you've been working towards for ages. You've spent all this time into production, recording. Why not give it the best treatment it can get by getting it professionally
0: mixed? Mm. I think it's that time element, isn't it? That is really key. Is that what you, when you pay a tradesperson um, for a service, you are paying for them to bring all their knowledge and experience and do something quickly and well.
1: Yeah, I agree. There's also a worrying amount of conversations and I'm obviously not going to name names. But when bands come back to me and say they've gone, oh, we decided to mix our own record, to which I'll kind of go, fair play, yep good luck, Hope you know, sincerely do wish that it turns out as they wanted it. But unfortunately, the vast majority of the time they go, oh yeah, we, we regret not getting it professionally mixed. Mm. Like we spent so much time and effort and money into like doing this single EP or album and then it just falls really flat at the end. It, it It's something that you're going to look back on and cringe is the unfortunate thing. Yeah,
0: sadly. I think you've got to think objectively about what is your priority as an artist or as a band. Are you looking to really push forward your sort of musical career and put out lots of, hopefully, lots of releases that are really good quality? Or are you looking to spend lots of time learning lots of skills, which for some people, they are. Some people, that is a a valid thing to do, that maybe they're doing a kind of solo career on the side of their job and it's just a bit of fun. And in that case, maybe they want to learn exactly how do I mix, exactly how do I record and master and all these things. But for a working band who want to push forward their gigging career and their musical career and their creative career, it might just not be worth your time putting all that, investing it all into those skills.
1: Mm. Let's be honest as well. There are inherent risks with hiring someone to mix your record. Especially if it's something you've self written and self produced and self recorded, it feels almost like kind of like letting an artistic, emotional baby over to someone else to look after for a bit and hope it comes back as the finished thing. So, not not to mention, it's uh, also a financial aspect to it as well. You're not quite sure how it's going to pan out. So, that is why um, most mixed engineers mine and Phil included, in right scenarios, will offer free test mixes just so you kind of get the right vibe for, oh, wow, I didn't think it could sound like that. Especially, for example, I work with quite a few bands that record things by themselves, DIY, and they go, well, yeah, we're not expecting it to turn out amazing. We just want something to come out. And then they approach me and they say, oh, can we do a free test mix with you? And it comes back to them they go, oh, (laughs) Um, this sounds insane we didn't think we could get these results from Mm. this and they never would have known that if they didn't go for a free test mix they just would have released it and it would have ultimately fallen quite flat
0: yeah and i've got to tell you there is no greater joy for myself and certainly for joe than having a band come back to you and say that sounds amazing we didn't know it could sound that good it's like it puts a smile on your face i'm not gonna
1: lie cardiff city winning is kind of close oh i don't
0: care about sports so
1: well i do anyway um so here's another question for you and it is when should i start if i'm in a band again when should i start looking at mix engineers when should i start researching this
0: early (laughs) so we've actually chatted about your release schedule in previous episodes uh so if you've just finished recording and you've got it all sorted then you start speaking to mixing engineers then you're gonna have a point in your release where it's got, everything kind of goes on pause and you've got to work out who you're going to work with and it may be that the person you want to work with isn't immediately free they've got something on their schedule you're gonna have to be scheduled in and that's just gonna kind of frankly throw a bit of a spanner in the works so in an ideal world you're gonna speak to your mixing engineer when you're in your say your demo phase when you're really kind of before you've recorded everything because then you've got lots of time to have a conversation and work out who you want to work with and what what you're looking for
1: there are also loads of benefits to to finding who you want to work with early so i know for project i'm actually starting tomorrow is something that we've been in discussion and it's been locked in since september but during that process, because they're working with a few different producers and in a few different studios, it allows me to kind of have an overview of how it's going. I can help them with recording techniques, with arrangements, mm. what I think will work well in the mix. Because ultimately, the better the foundations, the better the mix turns out. Yes. So if you go like they did, they approach me and they're like, cool, yeah, we really like your sound. We want our record to be mixed by you they could then have conversations with me and I go, cool, well, I like my drums like this. So say, mm. for example, I was like, well, in my overheads, I don't actually like that much of the kit. I prefer it more as just kind of like general symbols because I like to do it these way. It's not controversial. <laughs> Get over yourself. <laughs> metal metalheads. Anyway, um, so it's, a, it's those kind of things that it's like if you have those conversations rather than them getting really deep into recording mm. and then finding out that, You know, oh, we didn't do a guitar DI, a clean version that you know could be used for a mix engineer. There's just loads of small details that, if you have those conversations early, will avoid complications later on. Yes,
0: it'll make everything a lot smoother, Um, and that also applies if you're record. In fact, that it'll make everything a lot smoother, and I actually think that's even more important if you're recording yourself at home. So having a conversation where you, if you've worked out, you want to work with, having a conversation about what you're doing and the way you're approaching it, especially if it's one of your earlier band recordings, um, the, the mixing engineer, if they're a good one, I'm just going to say that, um, should be able to help you um, refine what you're doing and get you the best, get you to the, um, the song in the quickest and best way possible. Yeah,
1: these are also really good techniques for avoiding well i'm just going to generally use the term mix engineer cowboys Yeah. because let's be honest <laughs> it's difficult kind of being a mix engineer in this current environment because anybody with a laptop and headphones can now set up a facebook page and call themselves a mix engineer so it's kind of difficult if you're a new band to kind of tell you know who should we work with this person is offering it cheaper but is it going to be better it's it, It is almost the Wild West. So things like getting production advice uh, is a good way to kind of see the chops of a mix engineer because they should be perfectly comfortable with kind of helping you walk through various things, you know, be that in the form of guides or eBooks, which is, you know, I have, for example, I have one on how to record drums where I show examples of productions that I've done with sound examples and kind of all those types of things not to mention as well that um it the free test mix is massive. So anyone really worth their chops and is a project you know that I'd be excited to work on, I'd be more than happy to mm. do a free test mix because I understand that it is a it's a difficult environment to traverse if you're a new band.
0: It's a trust building exercise. Is what yeah, it really exactly is. Exactly that. So if you find someone and you go you know what you know i i like the mixes they've done previously you know i've I've seen the kind of genres they work in and i'm interested but i i just just not sure do you know it's just that little bit of i don't necessarily know this person face to face things like that you can get a test mix and then you can go with my sound with my recordings whatever the context is can this person deliver (laughs) or not Mm
1: -hmm. okay so on this topic then what would you say are some mix engineer red flags?
0: How much are they charging? <laughs> it's probably the first and easiest place to go. So, uh, good or even a kind of, for a better phrase, semi-good <laughs> uh, mix engineer is probably going to be charging a little bit more than you hope for, but possibly not as much as you think, which is very a very mm. poetic way of saying if they're charging you £5 a song, avoid like the plague please
1: yeah i've not heard any examples of bands having success with that more often than not they've cost themselves more money because they've gone to a person like that paid bottom rate and then ended up contacting someone like myself to remix it and then they're and then they're just paying my normal rate plus what they their failed experiment with the cheaper one um so yeah totally wouldn't that
0: that would be my my sort of biggest red flag i would say Mm. um another one that comes to mind is if they don't have a portfolio on their website if they don't have some mixes that you can listen to just straight off the bat that is another red flag you just you just don't know what you're getting into (laughs) with that uh
1: another good one i think is reviews and testimonials so if you go onto my facebook and go in nevis audio you'll find loads of reviews in there you go on my site you'll find a few in-depth um testimonials or not to mention as well if you said to me like hey you know we're thinking of working with you and this has happened on multiple occasions they've gone have you worked with anyone kind of, of this mm. genre and i can go yeah this band member would be happy to talk to you about the experience yes. of working with me so i kind of go yeah talk to this band they'll tell you exactly how it went and I don't have to be involved in the conversation. You can tell it's from an independent mm. source. And that will give you a really good personal review and allow you to ask questions without worrying about it being, you know, someone trying to pull the wall over your eyes. That's yours.
0: something I don't do, actually. I don't have testimonial on my website at the moment. Mm. I know. It's, it's dun, on my, dun, it's dun, on my Facebook. But, yeah, I need to rectify that. <laughs> I I am legit. <laughs> honest. <laughs>
1: Another red flag, I think, is if they're not willing to talk to you. Yes. So if you reach out to someone and they go, this is my price. Like, pay the invoice here. Right, but you know, what kind of stuff have you worked on? How can you help us? This is my price. Pay it and then we can have a conversation. Bad times. That is, yeah. If they're not willing to pick up the phone or if they're international, have a Skype and talk about things, that personally would make me feel a little bit, uncomfortable Mm. i feel uncomfortable as a mix engineer if i don't speak to them on the phone first
0: yeah that's fair i mean speaking personally i when it comes to music and music production and all those things and guitars and amps and all that i'm a massive nerd there's nothing i love more than talking about the whole thing of recording and mixing and what happens and just bits and pieces like that if you want to engage me in conversation about that, I will happily talk to you about that without exchanging money. So if you're encountering a mix engineer and they're just not willing to chat without money, d- just don't do it, honestly.
1: Mm. Unless they're like a Grammy Award winner. Those are maybe... Uh...
0: They might be all right.
1: <laughs> yeah. There are a few exceptions, but I think they have to be of a huge standard to to Terrorism. get
0: around them. Yeah joe hello i'm not i'm not going to ask you a question i'm more raising a phrase which is thrown around and i just want your reaction to the idea of fixing it in the mix
1: Uh, (laughs) i think it links back to what we were saying earlier about getting a mix engineer involved earlier i worry and i was going to say it's with diy artists but it unfortunately happens with some stuff that's done in a studio then sent to me to mix where they just don't care it's just this assumption that the mix engineer will fix it bad and again it's important why you should stipulate what you do get and what you don't mm. get if you're expecting them you know i've had ones where i got sent 20 to 25 lead vocal takes and they thought i'd sit there and comp it and tune it Ooh. yeah it's it, an it
0: inviting could, offer
1: <laughs> yeah it, it can be an option but it's not going to be a free one mm. so it's those types of things that you really want to try and avoid and have a conversation about what's to be expected and what's not yes. to be expected
0: the um i'm not going to stray too much into recording and theories of recording but i would say that the best way to capture the tone you are looking for in whatever you are recording is to get it right going into the computer um so whatever microphones and gear and bits and pieces you're using and amps and all that if that is right then you are going to stand the chance of a better mix if you kind of go well it's nearly there but this and this and this and i will just send it off to a mix engineer you're you're probably going to be a little bit disappointed if if i'm really honest
1: yeah even so that with some of the mix engineers that I know, they will just point blank send a session back if they don't think it's up to scratch. (laughs) Which, you know, it happens very rarely. And again, we're talking about like the upper echelons. You've got, you know, major label budgets Mm. for that kind of stuff. But they expect everything to be fixed in the mix. It's not to say it's perfect, but I think like Phil said, kind of getting it right at source. And mm. a lot of that comes with speaking to your mix engineer and seeing what they're after and setting your budgets, right. You know, in terms of if you're heading into the studio, don't try and do 12 songs in two days. I've I've seen it. I've seen it happen and it didn't end well. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of being realistic with those types of things really yes. helps.
0: Realistic. That's a good word. Um, I mean, the, the one thing that I heard was there's, there's things that you can do to make a mix better and there's certain things um, that are just unfixable, whatever it may be. So I'm going to use a word that a lot of people don't like to talk about, auto-tune mm. <laughs> on vocals. It can tune the pitch and make the, the, the physical pitch of what someone is singing right, but it will not fix the feel. You cannot fix the feel of a singer like that.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's a that's a deep rabbit hole to get into with the ethics let's, of.
0: Let's skirt around the edge, eh?
1: Of what even is autotune, Because it really frust- it really frustrates me that. Yeah, there's a difference between pitch correction and auto tune. Auto tune is an effect. Pitch correction. Oh, that's a true. Thing.
0: I did mean pitch correction. <laughs> maybe maybe we should talk about that in another podcast. Maybe we it? should. If you'd like to hear that, let us know. <laughs> um.
1: We could just auto tune an entire podcast then just put that out. Yes. No, please. No, no, please, no.
0: That would sound beautiful. Maybe just a, a section. Anyway.
1: But yeah, with regards to auto tune, again, speak to your mix engineer's preferences. So mine yes. personally is send me a version with auto tune or pitch, pitch correction, then send me one clean. So I've got an option to maybe use both. It's, yeah again with every mix engineer their preferences are going to be different so having these conversations up front is the best way to avoid any complications further down the road
0: happy time and a happy life
1: <laughs> happy mix engineer happy life yay um so once again i'm going to go back into joe blogs is once you've sent me a mix what happens mm-hmm. then so you've you've done your first mix and then you send it back to me what what's yeah. the process after that
0: so i hand it back to the band and the band have time to listen to it and they they will sit there and i i write in my email i advise them to listen to it on lots of different sound systems and lots of different ways uh because hopefully a good mix will translate onto lots of different systems like your earbuds and your speakers and your car whatever it may be and it will sound good in all of them so i'll advise them to go and listen in lots of different ways and then for want of a better phrase work out what they don't like now sometimes sometimes it's happened to me i think once bands will go that's great off off the bat and then just approve a first mix but 99.999 times out of 100 that does not happen and we go into what called revisions which is a normal part of every mix and um, a good mix engineer will expect revisions Mm. um so that is the process of the bangos um I like this and this, hopefully, um, but then I don't like this. um, That lead guitar part's a little bit too loud, um, whatever it may be. And different um, bands will speak about mixes in different ways. So especially if you've, say, recorded it yourself, then you might talk about a mix in a more technical way. Uh, You may say, like, I don't know, the lower mids um, in this bass guitar are too prominent, whatever it may be. Or... If you're more artistically inclined, then you may say, it, I don't know, it doesn't sound warm enough or whatever it may be. And a good mix engineer should be able to interpret what you're saying. Now, that doesn't mean they're get it right 100% of the time, because especially if you're moving towards the more artistic descriptions of what you mean, that can take some clarification.
1: Yeah, like you said there, and I mean, I feel like the key phrase of all of this is communication. So if, yes. if you do feel like your revision is maybe somewhat misunderstood, have a conversation with a mix engineer and talk to them about it so my just to briefly talk about my process is because i kind of do a free test mix with the majority of the projects or it's a repeat custom there tends not to be that much of a revision process because Mm. they kind of know what they're getting not to mention as well as part of sending over the stuff to be mixed they send over three to four different examples of kind of the mixes that they're aspiring to sound like so whether that be kind of like, you know, these are three sounds, you know, we want the drums from Manic Street Preachers, we kind of want the guitars from Cortinas or whatever. It, it, it provides a framework
0: mm.
1: for a mix engineer to work to. Ultimately, it kind of aligns everyone towards the same goal. Mm.
0: The same vision, the unifying vision. One vision. <laughs> oh, Queen, lovely.
1: So you've heard of Queen?
0: <laughs> I've heard of Queen, yeah, Why?
1: well because i mean we've had this discussion before uh, all i'm saying is one snarky comment and i'm going to reveal your biggest secret of an artist you've never heard of
0: oh no (laughs) i've literally never heard of it i don't know what to tell you
1: (laughs) billions and billions of streams worldwide
0: nothing nothing at all (laughs) literally no so i think to conclude Uh, Joe and I have talked a lot about what uh, a good mixing engineer will offer you and some some red flags to avoid Uh, So if they are ultra ultra cheap and they won't talk to you until you pay them Maybe think twice about working with them (laughs) And if they don't have any reviews to find at all and if they don't have any samples to listen to on their website again, that might be something to think twice about but if they're communicative if they are willing to talk about your project, maybe if they're willing to offer a free test mix, not everyone does, uh, then give them a go, have a chat and see what, see what works for you. Joe and I love doing mixes and we love working with bands So and artists. So come and chat to us. Come and find us on our...
1: Uh, respective.
0: <laughs> come and chat to us. Come and find us on our respective uh, social media links and email, uh, which is all in the show notes down below. Cool
1: well to wrap things up today uh it's this week's uh featured artist oh so this week's is a london based or as they say surrounding counties as well um (laughs) alternative rock four piece uh called the south bank crows uh this might be a name familiar to a few people if you watch the damien keys youtube channel which is a youtube channel would highly recommend it's great for kind of music marketing and how to promote your song and this is their song, Wasting Time. So until next time.
0: It's goodbye from me.
1: It's goodbye from him.
0: <laughs> Ciao. Please go. Stay beautiful. I wish I could have you look at me the same way you used to. I'll throw my shoes in the night.